All right. Well, does anybody remember what series we're in? Real life. Okay, good deal. Do you remember the, the initial premise of that? That's right. The initial premise of this, do you, do, you re, do you remember? It's to help you and then to help you to what? To help others. So that's, that's pretty vital that we get that. That's why we're calling it real life. And uh, I'm actually going to, uh, tonight's message is so content heavy, uh, it is just going to be bound to be incomplete. But that won't leave you hanging because I'm going to give you enough tonight that's going to help you with what we're going to talk about. Uh, I was going back, kind of doing a little bit of a search through my notes on my computer. And I have talked about this and taught on this and preached on this and talked and taught and preached on this numerous, numerous, numerous times. And I felt really prompted to talk about it again. And this is why I, I guess I guess the reason is, is because we, we, we still need it. And so what I'm going to talk about tonight is dealing with anxiety. So uh, would that possibly be you or anyone you might know? Okay. So we're going to dive into some things on this tonight. Perhaps track on it just a little bit different. And um, I believe that we're all going to be helped tonight. Anxiety is kind of a, uh, an umbrella term uh, that deals with uh, fear, uh, worry, dread, and then of course, anxiety. And uh, it plagues people. It's, it's amazing that there are cultures in the world that have very, very little anxiety. And they live a much simpler life. Uh, they at the same time would experience great fear on occasion, but the, you know, and usually that's because of a wild animal, you know, but they tend to live a, a simple life. They don't live in a constant state of anxiety. Our culture as blessed as we are. We have just packed ourselves in with so many things. And, uh, like we talked a little bit about on Sunday, our stuff, well, you got to worry about your stuff. You know, guess what? You know, if a storm's coming or this or that, and I got to feed my critters and got to check my stuff. And, I, you know, it's just all those things and, uh, just the way our life is. And we're, we're worried about Washington and we're worried about this and this and this and this. And it's just all and our kids and it's just all over the place. And we've got to find a way to, to deal with this. And I think one of the first things that we need to know, and this, this might sound um, pie in the sky till you get the rest of the message here. I, I want to challenge you tonight to, to not accept, let me put it this way. Don't accept that you have to live in anxiety and fear and worry. Amen. Don't accept that you have to. Uh, I have a, or well, had a grandma. Her name was Nola. Nola May Speedy. Grandpa Speedy died. She got remarried. And her new name was Nola May Linger. So she went from Speedy to Linger. Uh, we're not real sure if Grandma ever got saved or not. Uh, I, she was really, really hard of hearing in her last... Uh, probably seven, eight years of her life. And about a year before she, before she passed, I wrote her a letter and I thanked her for all the things that she did for me when I was a little kid. And, uh, and then I, I walked her through and I said, please grandma. And, uh, she didn't write back. 
Uh, but I'm just trusting God that she, you know, that she, she, she got through. But my whole point about grandma was this. Um, she worried. She raised worry to an art form. She was Olympic level. I mean, anything. She'd always tell me, that's going to give you warts, worms, or cancer. I mean, it was just, you know, whatever it was. And she worried, worried, worried. And it was just a way of life for her. And, and I, I run into people all the time. And, and I really, and I, this is not a house of condemnation. You know that. But I, to me, it's almost a, a they don't go together. A, a believer. I'm talking about a believer. A believer and a worry wart. You know? Those two should not be happening. And let me tell you why. Because of one individual and one of his titles is this, Prince of Peace. So we're not going to talk about managing. I don't want to manage uh, anxiety. We want to deal with it. Now, let me tell you, it will, opportunities will keep coming back. They'll keep coming back. There's going to be opportunity all the time to worry, to be in anxiety, to be in fear, to worry or whatever. But we've got to find out how to handle these things. Let me say this, that what you worry about is not nearly as important as why you worry. What you worry about is not nearly as important as why you worry. Uh, God's word has a lot to say about worry and anxiety. And mostly what it says is, is don't. Don't. Well, that's pretty easy to say. Well, just don't. Um, I think we've got to have a little bit more on that. And so let me just give you a couple of verses here. In Matthew 6, 32, Jesus said this in the context of about six times. He says, do not worry. And then it comes down to this in Matthew 6, 32, the B portion of the verse. It says, your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. What things? The things you were worried about. So your heavenly father, say my heavenly father knows what I need. Okay. Now let me tell you this. If, if you're, if you're not assured of that, if you don't believe that you will worry. If you're assured of that, if you're assured of that, you won't worry. Now I can try to come on you, but then if you'll remind yourself, everybody say, remind myself. And just even to declare this, I've done it a, a million bazillion times. Heavenly Father, you know what I need. And then sometimes just almost, I don't know, it's this third person here. My Heavenly Father knows what I need. My Heavenly Father knows what I need. Now, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6. It says, so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. And when you don't believe that, you'll worry. Do y'all hear me? When you don't believe that, you'll worry. When you're assured of that. You won't worry. Now, often um, anxiety uh, can be a spiritual issue. But I want us to look at, in, in addition to some spiritual things tonight, we're also going to look at some practical things. Some practical things that are related uh, to this. Um, I, believe, I believe this. Control what you can control. Fix what you can, can fix. Alleviate what you can alleviate. You know, a lot of times I'll pray for people and they say, Pastor, I need a financial miracle. And so we pray about it, but then, then we say, hey, you know, do you need like some counseling too? Because that, a lot of times you do. 
because they don't know how to save. They don't know how to spend properly. They're not working hard. Or people, I need prayer for healing. But they eat like a garbage truck. You see what I'm saying? They don't do anything to help, but then we want God to help. And so I think you fix what you can fix, control what you can control, alleviate what you can alleviate. Are y'all with me on this? You know, I, I keep losing my jobs. Well, quit yelling at your boss. You know, think, things like that. Things like that. So we've been talking, uh, we talk about this periodically and in, in, uh, right now in our Generous Soul series on Sunday, which if you haven't been here, go back and listen to those and then make sure that you hop in on, uh, on those uh, with us coming up as well. Um, we have looked at the fact that you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. I believe that there are trigger points in each of those, spirit, soul, and body. There's trigger points in all of those that can create anxiety. There are some issues on different levels, spiritually, soulish, and physical. And so I think we need to look at uh, some of these areas. So sometimes our anxiety, uh, have you ever heard of, or maybe it's happened to you, you've got some symptoms and the doctor tries to treat one thing and it's actually something, something else. And so sometimes we're, we're going after an answer to alleviate some anxiety with something and it's actually something happening over here. And so I want us to just kind of look at this as a whole tonight And I believe that this is going to help us. Um, Here's some of the possible causes of anxiety and fear. And I may have you throw in some too. Conflict. Conflict. Health problems. Dangerous situations. I actually had a single mom tell me uh, recently, um, she lives in a rough, rough area. And she said, I'm considering just leaving uh, my neighborhood. She said, because I'd rather be homeless than lifeless. That's dangerous, a dangerous situation. Uh, Death in the family, grief, unmet needs, spiritual problems, wrong beliefs. Uh, The list goes on and on. So let's look at a few things. Believe it or not, did you know that some of your anxiety could be caused by and also alleviated by physical things? Physical things. Y'all are just looking at me. Uh, How many of you know that the the physical can affect the emotional. And that's, that's where this, you tend to feel this the most. And again, in the soul where you think, feel, and decide will intellect and emotions. So you can kind of feel it. You're sensing anxiety in, in those areas and it's, it's pressing you, pressing you in those areas. So here's a couple of things. And I know this is going to get on some of your nerves, but here you go. Here's something that might help you. Exercise might actually help you. All right, here's another one. Break into a sweat. For real, for real. Here's some ways you can do it. Walk, run, swim, bike. This is the quietest Meadowbrook Church has ever been. (laughs) Medical study that exercise lowers anxiety. Still under physical, eat healthy. Get adequate and appropriate amounts of sleep. If, if you live in a body 
And if the body is, is running wrong, you know, if the body is running wrong. It's like you, if you're driving in a car and you put trash gas in it, you know, and you have not maintained it well, you're going to have anxiety. You know, and we got to get somewhere. And it, and that's not your stereo. That's your, that's your motor. Okay. And, and that's going on, you know, you're going to have anxiety. And if you're not rested, you, I know it. If, if, if you're not rested, just like she said. Here's another thing. Let's move on here. You have to focus right. And I believe that you need to focus on, you ready for this? Right now. Your head and your feet need to be in the same place. You got to focus on right now. Depression, really, uh, depression is actually worrying about the past. Anxiety is worrying about the future. You got to get your head and your feet in the same place. I'm right here. I'm right now. And my heavenly father knows what I need. And you've got to get in that place. Where is God with you? Anywhere. But God is in the now. God, faith is. It's a right now kind of thing that God is with you right where you are. Did you know that even in your storm, even in your trouble, even in your questions, even in your problems, even in the brokenness, God is with you in that moment. And if you ignore his present counsel and his present presence and power by Worrying about the past, worrying about the future. You're going to have depression and anxiety, and you're going to continue to make more of a mess right, right where you are. And so uh, a big key is you've got to focus on right now where I'm at. Amen. Now, uh, you're not going to like this one. If you didn't like exercise, you won't like this one. <laughs> Repent. Repent. Well, let me just read a little scripture. Psalm tw- uh, Proverbs 28, verse 1 in the Message Bible. The wicked are edgy with guilt, ready to run off even when no one's after them. Honest people are relaxed and confident, bold as lions. When you, when you have guilt, you're skitzy. You're jumpy. Uh, further, sin depresses you. Sin depresses you. Sin drains you. Sin depresses you. you. You might have things going on in your life. And you wonder why you're feeling low or feeling anxious. There may be some things. And guess who will, help, who, who will point those things out to you in a loving way? Not your spouse. <laughs> no, your spouse might. The Holy Spirit. And here, here's the other thing. You usually know if you'll slow down a little bit. And see, a lot of times, sin that we repeat, sin that we practice, and that's a dangerous thing to do, but sin that we repeat, sin that we, that we practice, we tend to also justify. We tend to also minimize. 1 John 1, 9 says that if we would what? Anybody know? Confess. If we'll confess our sins. That word confess, let me finish the verse. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Awesome. Y'all need to know that verse. Okay. But if we confess, that word in the Greek means to admit and to say the same. So it means that we need to say the same thing about this sin as God says about it. And he says, I don't like it. You know why he doesn't like it? Because of what it does to you. And, and you've got to admit, this, this, is, this is wrong and it hurts me and it hurts people connected to me. And, and whatever the sin would be. And especially those things that are repeated or practiced in your life, 
They are not going to leave you in good, in good stead. You've got you've to repent of those things. Well, I've repented before and I end up back doing these things again or whatever. You know what? Keep leaning against it. It's like I say, if you're at a, you're at a picnic and, and there's gnats or mosquitoes around you and you, you're swatting at them, but they keep coming, when do you stop swatting? I mean, you just, you just, keep, you just keep going as long as you want to stay there. You don't go, okay, I give up. And you don't give in to sin that way either. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you the power to, to overcome. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in just a moment here. So, um, Psalm 32, verse 1 through 5. Listen to this in the New Living. David says, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. That brings joy. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt whose lives are lived in complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all, all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat, interlude or selah. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. And all my guilt is gone. And you know what? If you'll start to be aware of the joy that you feel of being forgiven, as opposed to the guilt and heaviness that goes when you have not confessed sin, you'll love that joy a whole lot more. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? You love the joy a whole lot more. There's a great joy in obedience as well. So repent. Um, because, you know, I know we love to point at every other reason and every other person of why we feel anxious or we're worrying. But sometimes we've got to look on the inside and, and say, you know what, I've, I've got a couple of wheels off the track here. I've got to stop and get this thing reset. Amen. Y'all with me? Yes. All right. Here's another one related to it. Don't leave openings. Don't leave openings. Proverbs 25, 28 in the message says, A person without self-control is like a house with its doors and windows knocked out. Okay, what happens to a house whose doors and windows are knocked out? Whoa. What, what happens? And, and, and let me, it is implied a house is talking about a dwelling. It is implying there you're living there. Guess what would happen to your house? What would happen? Let's just think about it. If your doors and windows are knocked out. Robbers. Bugs. Weather. Y'all with me? Uh, I'm inefficiency because if you're trying to heat or cool or, you know, keep things fresh or clean. I mean, it's, it's crazy. How does that happen? That, that word picture comes to us here because if you don't have self-control, you're going to leave openings. You're going to leave openings and then that's going to set you up. And so we've, we've got to be at a place where here's a possible opening that you could leave. Unforgiveness. Here's another one that you wrong, you're wronging others. You know, if, if you go do something wrong to somebody else and then you come running home trying to be safe, you're, you're going to be nervous. Because you just sowed and you shall also as soon as they find you. You know, and so you can't go around treating other people wrong, you know, acting, acting out in those ways, living in unforgiveness. Yeah, but they really did me wrong. I know, I know. And I dared you go back to the Brave series and, and, and we talked about forgiveness. I dare you to forgive. I dare you. Watch what God will do when you do that. 
All right, here's, a, here's another one here. And like I said, we've got so much content, we probably won't even complete this, but all of these will help you tonight. In, in us dealing with anxiety, here's another one. Resist it. Resist it. Everybody say resist it. Um, the word resist is used in several places in, in the New Testament. And that New Testament word uh, resist actually has uh, the idea of leaning against, arranging yourself against. And so you're, you're resisting this. Um, and we, we will be talking more about this later. But you need to understand that Jesus came not just to save you. He came to free you. Now, hold on came to save you and he came to free you. And if you've received him as savior, he is also deliverer. All right. Now here's, here's the part that might be a little jump for you, but we're standing on scripture on this. There are things in believers lives that Jesus has set them free from. You are free from, but you're still bound by the habit You're free from it, but you haven't broke the habit. And what you've got to do is learn how to break that habit. Are are you all with me? There is nothing that Jesus can't free you from. Uh, No, I'm going to say it again because this is good news tonight. There's nothing that Jesus cannot free you from. Oh, no, but I'm an addict on this or that. There is nothing that Jesus cannot free you from. I don't care what it is. Drugs, porn. Anger, whatever it would be, Jesus can set you free. No, no, no. Jesus has set you free. If he is savior, he's also deliverer. He's the one who makes you free and keeps you free. And the problem though, is we haven't renewed our mind and we haven't resisted and we haven't broke the habit. We haven't broke the habit. Uh, Secular studies show that in 21 days you can break a habit. But you've got you've to make some decisions and you've got to apply some resistance. This is going over really good tonight. No, I know it, I know it is because it's connecting. It's connecting. But I, I, want, I want to say this just loud and clear because the devil loves to block this one. Jesus came to save you and he came to set you free. And some of you tonight, hear me, you are free in Jesus. You are free from some things that you just still have a habit. Get God to help you and go crush that habit. Get God to help you. Get somebody to help you and go crush that habit. Get done with that. Amen. Don't accept that you have to live that way. Don't accept that you have to live in anxiety or worry or fear and Understand that every day there's going to be something potential to worry about. Remember Grandma Nola? It's kind of like this. Here comes the worry bus. And it pulls up at your house. That's the brakes. And the door opens up. All aboard. And you know what you've done every day of your life? I'm coming. And you know what you need to say? Not riding today. Skipping today. And tomorrow too. Don't come here. It will still come up every day. How many of you feel like your life is the bus stop about 20 times a day? You know, and the the bus keeps pulling up. Worry bus all aboard. 
And doesn't it notify you by phone sometimes too? <laughs> Text, voicemail. I, I mean, all kinds of ways that it shows up. And you've got to, you've got to resist it. I'm not getting on. I'm not going to do it. Well, then what are you going to do? You know, I've actually had people ask me, if I don't worry, then what am I going to do? (laughs) You have a heavenly father who knows what you need. And you've got to know that. You've got to believe that. You've got to trust that. Amen. And then act on some of these things that we're talking about tonight. Let me move to another one. This is actually one one of my favorites and probably one of the strongest spiritual disciplines that you need to have in your life. Gratitude. I'm going to change it. Extreme gratitude. Extreme gratitude. Uh, A big thank you for this and for this and for this and for this. Now, I'm not, I am not, I am not endorsing this movie, okay? But I'm admitting that I saw it years ago. The Jerk. If you haven't watched it, don't watch it because I mentioned it, okay? Okay, but there's a scene. Please don't try to picture the scene. Where he's lost everything and he's leaving his house. He goes, all I need is this phone book. That's all I need. And this lamp, that is all I need. And he just keeps going, okay? Um, Just get the principle off of this, okay? This is what I want you to do. And and he kept stopping, knowing I need this and I need this. This is what I want you to do with gratitude. God, I thank you for this. And and I thank you for this. And and, and I thank you for this. And, And this. Pastor, that's a little extreme. I know. I know. And you just need to have gratitude. And and we've learned this at Meadowbrook. You don't just think your thanks. It's the fruit of our lips giving thanks. You need to thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. Pastor John tonight when he's praying, I don't know if you caught it. Lord, thank you as we gather together tonight in this building. Thank you for this building. You know, and you need to thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. I mean, thank him. Thank you, Lord. You know, he's taking a shower today. Thank you, Lord. For a shower. Thank you for water. Thank you, Lord, for hot water. Come on, y'all with me? Thank you for privacy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's a little extreme. No, you need to you just need to be in the practice of, of gratitude. Thank you for my car. Well, I don't like my car. Thank him for what you got. That's right. Okay, you you, you gotta start right where you are. Thank you for my horse. I don't have a horse, but you know what I'm saying. But thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Are you all with me? Thank him. Thank him. And this is what it will do. It will heighten your awareness. It will heighten your awareness of God's faithfulness, of God's ability, of God's history with you, of God's presence, of God's present work in your life. If you'll thank him. And then when you run into something that's trying to cause anxiety, I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you a guarantee if you walked with God any length of time at all, God's already handled something like that for you already. Or 
you're connected to somebody else that God has helped them with that. Are you all with me? So extreme gratitude. Say it. Extreme gratitude. I mean, go overboard with it. And here's another one. This is, this is an important one. And sometimes this will give you a breakthrough. And it has to do with God's presence and setting atmospheres. And, it, and it's this, music. Music. Um, you need to get a collection of music. You need to, when you come in, use music. We use music... Now, this is, we talked about this Sunday. It's kind of a rhetorical statement here even. You do realize that worship is not just music. Okay? There are a lot of other ways to worship. Tonight when we gave, that was worship. You know, you're actually coming to the sanctuary tonight is worship. You know, there's a million different ways that we worship and ways that we live worship full. One of the best ways that we worship together, the best group activity of worship involves music. There's a whole big, big, big book, the biggest book in the Bible, Psalms. And it actually was set to music in a number of different ways. And there's something about music. Remember the time that David played the, the harp to, you know, calm the spirit and even chase away agonizing spirits, harassing spirits. And there's something that happens. And there's music that you can, you can get good worship music. You know, I don't, I don't mind that you have a variety of music in, in your life. You know, sometimes I like Saturday. Y'all with me? And a variety of music. I do. You need to be careful what all's contained in that music. Okay. But sometimes... Nothing does me like worship. And, and you need to find it. And there's free music out there. And you need to find good, good music. Pastor John, we probably would do well to even make a list of some of the artists and groups and churches that are that put in all, all kinds of things. And let me tell you something that we're believing, too, for Meadowbrook as, as a whole, too. That we will become a resource to other churches. I don't know if you know this or not, but we're in like the, and, and, and don't hear my heart wrong on this. There are only about 1,600 churches in the country that are about our size. And there's about a half a million churches in the country. And most churches are about 75 to 85 people. That's the average size in the country. We want to be able to be a resource. We want, we want to be able to write curriculum and have things coming out of next gen ministry and, and worship music and new songs coming out for the body of Christ. We just believe that God is stirring in our hearts that there, there are things in the soil of Meadowbrook that, that he wants to come to fruition for the body of Christ at large. And, and y'all believe with us. We believe that's part of the purpose of what, what we're doing too, is not just to serve here, but to serve the body as, as a whole. And there are things that are happening within our, within our, our, our uh, body as, as well. God is raising up authors in, in our body. Um, Martin right here, and there's a guy, David, are you here tonight? I don't see David. All right, there's probably a David here, but uh, uh, 
but just in like the last two months, uh, some guys that have written books. I mean, that just things that are, that are going on, that God is doing things out of the soil uh, of the church. And that's not just for the people on your row. You know, that's for the body at large. And so how is God going to do that? I, I, don't, I don't even know all of that. But, you know, we worship music, and that's where I was going with this in the moment. Sometimes that just breaks the chain. That just breaks whatever is harassing you. And if you can sing, sing. If you don't sing real good, go ahead, sing, sing. And thank God that you're not as bad as some other people or something, you know. So, but, but seriously, uh, and, and then come ready, you know, and I talked about this in the Brave series too. Come ready to worship God. I mean, come and come early and get in here. And, and again, I would say to you that... When we come together and scripture tells us to come together, to get here. And, and I'm going to tie this in with another one. Get yourself to church. Something happens when you come in the presence of other believers in a place that's charged with prayer. God's presence here. We're here for his purposes. Something happens. Uh, Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their head and sorrow and sighing anxiety shall flee away. There's something about coming to church. Don't forsake the assembling of ourselves as is the habit of others. But make this the pattern of your life so much the more as you see the day approaching. And that, you know, there's a lot, a lot of churches that, um, you know, they'll just do a first Wednesday. They just do one Wednesday a month. And, I, you know, I'm just, I just think too much happens on our Wednesdays for this to let that go. And so when you can get here, get here, get here, get here. I talk to people all the time, just about every week. I'll run into somebody in a restaurant, a store or somewhere. And they go, well, I, I, I just can't get to church. And I go, we're, we're there Wednesday night, are you? We're there three services on Sunday morning. We're archived, we're live streamed. I mean, there's ways to get here, but, and for those of you by internet, if you can get here, get here. Cause I mean, it's awesome in your living room with your snacks and you know, but, but it's better live and in person. Love you. But something happens and you go, well, I wish you could stay that way. But you know what? The worry bus is waiting on you. And you're, you're going to have to make sure that this is a pattern of your life so you can keep getting that stuff off you. Keep getting it off of you. Keep getting it off of you. And worship helps you do it. And n- nothing like live worship to, to come in and forget about people. Forget about trying to be cool. You know. This is not actually one of the uh, prescribed positions for worship in Scripture. Okay? Get yourself free. Just surrender. We sang it tonight. I need you. Oh, I need you. You know, and actually, Pastor John, before we leave tonight, I want to sing part of that one more time. Let's, let's finish up and then we'll, we'll get going here tonight. Let me just finish with this. Feeling anxiety, go help somebody. Go help somebody. God always shows up for that. And if need be, get help from somebody. Get help from somebody. God doesn't always give us the answers for our questions, but he always gives us Jesus. And Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And you've got to get the Prince of Peace in the room. You've got to get the Prince of Peace in your life. Get the Prince of Peace in your car. 
get the Prince of Peace right with you in your right now moment, for real. And let me just, one other thing, and Pastor John, if you'll come. You're not going to be able to do this without God's word. Because much of the anxiety that comes into your life is based on words. It's based on words. And you've got to get a word that will overrule those words. And his word is forever settled in heaven. You're going to have to get into his promises. And let me, let me tell you this. Either get a promise book, or, and, I, and I've done this on occasion too, or get to a computer. And, and I think we might need to get just some computer banks out here because some of y'all just won't get a computer. And show you how easy it is. But you could go up to a computer and Google or Bing or Chrome or whatever you want to do or Yahoo. And you could just write Bible promise for fill in the blank. Grief, habits, depression, whatever. And I'm telling you, it'll bring up Bible promises for you. That is a wonderful tool. It's a wonderful tool. And you could, you could get promises just right there. And so sometimes I, I don't even know where to turn in the Bible. Well, if you don't have a computer or you don't know how to get in the Bible, call a friend who knows how to get in the Bible or has a computer. Are, are you all with me? Use tools that are out there. Use things that are out there and get God's word and then write it down. Memorize it. Speak it out loud and declare what God's word says. But I'm just going to give you one that we can go out with tonight, and then we're going to sing this. uh, And I want to pray over you tonight as well. My heavenly Father knows what I need. Okay? I'm going to say it again so you can memorize it. My heavenly Father knows what I need. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to say it three times. My heavenly Father knows what I need. Now it's your turn. My heavenly Father knows what I need. And I'm telling you what, that one will do some kicking, okay? That one right there. You're feeling some anxiety. You just need to close in a little bit right now, head and feet in the same place. My heavenly father knows what I need right now, right here where I'm at. And get your heart assured of that. And you're going to break off anxiety. And I'm going to tell you again, anxiety bus shows up. Worry bus shows up and shows up and shows up. Honks its little horn for you all aboard. I ain't riding. I'm not riding. I'm skipping today and tomorrow and the next day. Amen. Well, we didn't finish, but we covered a whole lot tonight. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight?